The mystery of the frogs has been solved. Actually, I should say my question has been answered. It was already answered. I just had not found it. I googled, googled. <laughs> Did I ever tell you about the time I was uh, walking up uh, Broadway in downtown Oakland? I had an art show down at Jack London Square in a gallery there, and I was going home for the day. And uh, I'm standing at the corner. There's two kids next to me. They're probably about 20 years old each. And they're talking about, and this was 2010, they're talking about absinthe, the, the liqueur that was outlawed around the world for, you know, up until 20 years ago from the early 1900s, uh, up, you know, because it was so potent and addictive and uh, powerful. Um, and... Uh, so they're talking about absinthe, and they look over at me, and I'm, how old am I? I'm in my late 50s, standing there with a bicycle that I'm about to get on when the light changes. And they say, have you ever heard of absinthe? And I looked over and I said, in my 20s, I spent months looking for a recipe for absinthe. I wanted to make some and it was illegal. And I knew I needed, you know, some wormwood and I needed a licorice liqueur. I, I knew that much, like Pernod, something like that. And uh, I, you know, <laughs> and they both looked at me and they both simultaneously, simultaneously they said, Google it. <laughs> and I said, Man, this is like 1975. We didn't even have computers yet. There was no Google. All we had was libraries and bookstores. <laughs> and they started laughing. And that, you know, <laughs> it never occurred to them that there was not always Google. It's kind of amazing when you think about it. I never did find the recipe. Probably a good thing. And by the time it got legalized... Or, you know, in, you know, and you could get it, and who knows if it's like anything like what the the impressionist painters drank in the late 1800s. That's what I wanted, the real stuff. Uh, I I was like 10 years sober, so I was not really a candidate to 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 uh, drink it anymore. So, but anyway, back to the frogs. Um, I googled. Why do frogs suddenly go silent? And it's very simple. It's what I thought. They were done mating. I mean, like overnight, they all hooked up, <laughs> mated. <laughs> and now we're just waiting for, you know, maybe the eggs are all, have been, you know, laid and they're underwater and in the pond and before too long, I can go down there and see a bunch of little polywogs. And that's, that's just the coolest thing. Oh wait, I can't remember if, 
somebody came to get some pollywogs the other day. I can't remember if he got. He had a net. He needed some for his pond, but I don't know if he got any. I wasn't really involved. So that's it. Now I don't know if they go through another cycle of mating again. But when they're if they're not busy advertising themselves, they don't like to make noise because it it also tells predators, here I am, a scrumptious little morsel of a frog, come get me. I mean it. You know, that's the message to females as well as, you know, predators. So, but I do miss the nightly frog symphony. I really do. I was really enjoying it. This is the first time I've ever, you know, lived here and I could hear it every night for a while. So, oh, well, there's always next year. The other thing I guess I should talk about for a minute is the book I'm working on, which is the um, Pixels at, a, an, at an Exhibition book, which is a history of the early uh, 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 iPhone photography movement as focused you know, through the lens of pixels. And um, I, I spent a good four months working on an outline and a proposal for a publisher um, back about a year and a half ago and submitted it. And they turned me down. I, and I, I mean, I, I was, I mean, I couldn't believe it. I, I thought I had made the most incredible case for the book that could be made. Um, I did. And it's not me. It's the work that people have done over the years to make it make it so incredible. I just with the website and the early shows and all that stuff and all you know everything that happened, all the press we got and all that. I happened to be at the epicenter and and kind of I knew everybody and so I I mean I'm the man to do the book and I you know I've never forgotten my commitment to try to get the medium accepted or the art form as its own real, as, as an artistic medium. And uh, it's uh, still today, people look at the pictures that are on pixels or even back from 10 years ago. Like, I can't believe this was done on, with an iPhone. Well, yeah, I know, because nobody knows. They think it's, you know, Instagram shots of cappuccinos and people's shadows on the bricks stuff like that well, anyway so i may have to kickstarter the book i'm hoping that there's one last opportunity perhaps to get it to the man who i think is the only editor on earth who should see the book his name is steve christ and he is the editor at what's the name of the publisher I can't remember, Stan in L.A. But he is the one who curated the Polaroid book, which was of huge impact for me back 11 years ago when I was doing the first show of iPhone photography in Berkeley. The book, the Polaroid book, was in the gallery, and I'm looking through it, and I'm going, this is where iPhone photography iPhoneography, iPhoneism needs to go, and to the best of my ability over the next number of years, I tried to steer people in that direction and demanded that they did their best, and 
their best work. And uh, yeah, so, I mean, I can't think of a better editor to see this book. If you're out there, Steve, if you're a secret follower, uh, I'm easy to find. <laughs> have your people get in touch with my people. No, I, I you know, I, I don't know. I have a feeling I'm going to end up Kickstarter, doing Kickstarter to fund the book. And uh, I really hope I can sell 500 copies so we can get on the eight-color Heidelberg Press. Because if it's under 500, I think you have to do digital printing, which is fine, except when if you have subtle gradations, it can sort of band sometimes, and I don't want that. But it's going to be about a 300, 350-page book. And if you're hearing this, please go uh, to Instagram and follow Pixels the Book because it's, I'm going to get a lot more active around uh, the book starting like right now. So, and also I'm going to be putting out a new call for submissions via Instagram for, uh, I want to do, you know, what's happening today in iPhonography or iPhonism, you know, and, and where better to kind of curate it than through Instagram, social media. It's what's happening now. I mean, Pixels is itself always has been kind of the anti-Instagram because, you know, I'd, I adhere to the, you know, one good picture a month is, is a great crop, as Ansel Adams once said. But, you know, on Instagram, you got to post every day and all that. But that's okay. And there, there's still some great, great work happening. So, um, yeah, so Mystery of the Frogs solved and pixels at an exhibition coming soon and um, I'll be talking more about it as well I'm, I'm just slogging through curation and laying the actually laying the book out now so on this lovely sunny afternoon this is Knox riding the wild bubble with you forever.